your host, EJ. Uh, you probably hear dogs in the background. There's nothing I can do about that. Hopefully they get bored with being loud. Uh, how's everybody doing? Doing good? Cool. I hope you listened to last week's episode, one of our uh, actual premise episodes, where uh, uh, delightful internet person Haley and I discussed great news. Um, got two of these two of these episodes with the premise so far. They've both been super fun. I've recorded several that are coming out soon. And uh, you know what? I think they're good. And I like talking to people about TV shows that they like. Um, I'm, it, it, it's fun. Tell your friends. I would like it if people would listen to those just because I, I appreciate my guests taking time to talk with me. And everybody I've recorded with has been very nice and funny. And... Look, we're all doing our best here. Uh, so this is the a guest-free episode. I will let you know uh, by, at the end of the show what to watch for next week. Um, which will actually be a big leap of faith on my part because the, uh, the episode I'm planning on running next week has not yet been recorded. So it could all fall apart. We'll talk about that later. So... Hey, this week we'll just talk some entertainment and nerd stuff, if you guys are cool with that. Um, uh, uh, I'm trying to decide if there's something, whether it's okay for me to say something. Um, here, here, here's what I'll say. God, I sound like a dork. Uh uh, I'm 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 sad right now, which is different from depressed, and I'm that also. But just something happened this week that has me actively sad, uh, and I don't it, it I don't want to talk about it on a recorded medium, um, but it has bummed me out, and uh, some of my friends, my friends with whom I watch TV and whom I am separately all bullying to do episodes of this, uh, were very nice to me on our, our TV night. I mean, that's just when I see them. It's not like they're only nice to me on TV night, but you know, we're busy adults and they have lives and, you know, so often I only see them on our TV night, but my point is they're all nice people. And, uh, um, they, I, I felt bad and I feel less bad now, still kind of bad. Um, if you're listening to this, it's not about, it's nothing you did. Uh, I just want to make that clear. I don't want anybody who listens to it to think they did something that made me sad. Uh, it's a, it's a different person who will never listen to this. Um, uh, I probably already said too much. Hey guys, I'm in a mood. Um, <laughs> because I'm sad and I had time to kill, uh, I, I got super drunk on Friday because I, I went, the, the local comedy club reopened after being closed first for pandemic and then because the building was sold and then the sale fell through and new management stepped in and they just reopened and nobody seems to know it because everything is kind of ill attended there. And uh, uh, Erica Rhodes was there this week and uh, she is very funny and also follows me on Twitter. So obviously I'm rooting for her. But I also try to go... Uh, I try to go there whenever they have a female headliner because it happens so rarely. But 
uh, new management is getting much better. And I think of the first eight weeks, six of the headliners are women. And I can't go down at downtown every week. Uh, so now I'm going to be uh, uh, vocally supportive. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I'll go down there probably more often than I did in the past. But I, I, I can't go every week. It's so far to drive. But uh, anyway, she was super funny. It was very nice to me. But I went to the late show and uh, I didn't really reckon with how late the late show really is and I had time to have a meal and then kind of had two and a half more hours and uh, you know unless you just want to go for a long walk which I had done twice already that day you don't really have a lot to do downtown at night except <laughs> except drink and uh, I think I had nine drinks on Friday night uh, most of them were small they were you know little bar drinks where they're really overcharging you so but it still translates to like five so that's how you know I'm sad I drank too much and I didn't tweet about DC superheroes which is usually the thing I do when I'm drunk instead I was just sad um, but it's getting better my friends are nice people uh, they made me feel less terrible um, but all that said that's mostly just uh so I can tell them I talked about them and they can listen to this and I don't have to say things to their face, which uh, is something I cannot do. Uh, that'll, that'll never happen. Uh, if it wasn't for this podcast, they wouldn't even be able to tell if I liked them or not. Um, I'm a bad friend is what I'm saying. So I'm just going to talk some, I think, TV stuff and then do the franchise report. Uh, this is this is getting late uh and and uh i really have to bring my computer in so uh, the schedule might be disrupted for the near future but uh i'm doing an, i got a couple episodes banked that i should be able to post from any computer in america um we're really getting into the weeds and a lot of things i don't want to be specific on i'm doing a bad job of hosting so i'll stop I mean, I'll stop doing a bad job. I won't stop hosting. I guess I can't promise I'll stop doing a bad job. But uh, I just talk about some TV stuff. Uh, hey, you know what's really exciting? is uh, We're kind of in the new fall season now, and I watch basically zero network TV. Um, it's weird. I have no idea what's going on with network television or current DC Comics continuity. And those are like the only two things I've cared about for so long. And I feel like the twin pillars of my personality have been eroded. Uh, but, you know, I still watch the animated Fox shows. And my relationship with The Simpsons is, for years, it was my favorite show ever in the whole world. Uh, and that extended probably years past when people consider it the golden age because uh, I've got real fondness for those for some of those middling seasons, uh, and those kind of coincided with uh, with me getting really into collecting Simpsons merchandise and uh, uh, making friends with whom I then watched the who also loved the Simpsons and I watched it with them and that made me like it more. Uh, that's the thing I'm learning is it's fun to I, I like watching TV better with my friends than than uh, alone as a weird hermit. Uh, 
I wish there was something I could do about that, but uh, there's only a limited number of people who like me, and they only have so much time available for television. So it's still a fairly significant portion of it is, is hermit watches. But look, we're all we're all learning and growing. So, uh, you know, and I will, I will watch The Simpsons forever just because of even a bad episode, I still get a little bit of joy out of it. And often I will forget an episode as soon as I've, as soon as I've watched it, but I'll have laughed a couple times and I just have such tremendous loyalty to the show when I, I like seeing my friends, my friends of the Simpsons family and the other denizens of Springfield, I mean. And every once in a while, they, they kind of hit one out of the park, and it's really exciting when that happens, you know, thir 30 years in. Uh, and the season premiere this season, I thought, was one of the best episodes in years. It was about, about Homer and some other weird guys uh, getting into an online forum and discussing a conspiracy regarding a turtle. And ultimately, it's sort of about, like, like how QAnon is a thing. Uh, but it was really, it was really smart and funny and felt current in a way that it hasn't for, for some years. And uh, the episode was written by Brody Gupta, who's also a producer now. And she, uh, I know her mostly from, from Twitter and various podcasts. And she's really funny. And earlier this year, people got mad at her for, tweeting something mildly negative about the Democrats' response to uh, uh, the overturning of Roe v. Wade, uh, where even though the decision was leaked, it still seemingly caught the president by surprise two months later when it was official. And she made some mild joke about that, and uh, moderate Twitter really tried to get her fired by like tweeting at The Simpsons, Dare, are you aware your writer is saying this? And The Simpsons is like, oh no, one of our writers is being irreverent. Oh no, whatever shall we do? Uh, but I think the show is benefit and the second second episode of the season, which just aired, was not, not quite as good, but also was, I'm still remembering it two days later, which doesn't always happen in these latter seasons. And, and it felt a little more, I don't know, it's got a little different vibe now. And I think they're branching out, they're hiring which for years the writers were all, you know, white guys who graduated from Harvard, and they're they're bringing in more women and more more people of other races, uh, and I don't know. I think it's kind of cool to see it. It's after you know I'll stick up for the Simpsons all the time, but it kind of feel. I want to say it almost feels like they're they could get a second wind which would be wild 30, 30 plus seasons in but I, I'm seeing this improvement that's really exciting to me as a as a ride or die Simpsons fan so that's cool um, that's just me being enthusiastic uh, other things I'm enthusiastic about uh, Game of Thrones House of Dragons or House of the Dragon I, it's House of Dragons there's more than one uh, I continue to not engage with fandom on this in any way. I have not read any reviews. I have not read anybody's hot takes or theories. I watch it with my friend Becky every Sunday night, and we have a great time. And we sort of shoot the shit about it afterwards. 
and if we notice something we're very excited and it is so much fun to watch tv that way and not to have everything be a thing um which i can't totally divorce myself from but for this show this show it's just matt smith and friends are putting on a show for me and becky and that's all i care about uh and I'm, I'm having a great time uh the most recent episode uh six or seven it's after another time jump well no there wasn't a it's it's between two time jumps rather uh i guess i haven't talked about the time jump episode yet because last week was a guest episode but yeah they they jumped forward 10 years and they replaced the two lead actresses and most of the other characters are the same except for for children and it seems a little weird because the the Rhaenyra and Alicent were such like the faces of the show but they're also sort of at exactly the wrong age to be aged up like I don't think you could pass Rhaenyra off as 10 years older because uh, she already looks so much younger than she actually is and you could have fudged the timeline a little to make it work probably because they both did such a good job uh, new actress I, I've got no complaint I just have not spent as much time with them and the Rhaenyra actress does not look anything like the younger actress who had a very distinctive mouth uh, which sounds like I'm being insulting or trying to come up with a way to say somebody looks weird. No, she just, that was like a distinctive feature that the new actress does not have. And I wish I knew the name of anybody on this show except Matt Smith, but all I got is Matt Smith. Uh, and also David Tennant's sons plays uh, Teenage Aegon, and I do not know his name. Uh, something Tennant. Chuck. Um, it's great. I'm having a lot of fun. Uh, I one thing we have enjoyed week to week is seeing how gnarly the king's uh, infected hand gets. You know, because he, he pricked himself on the throne in the first episode. It it went from a finger turning black to losing two fingers to losing most of a hand, and now just his arm is gone. Uh, and he also had some wounds on his back, and I assume next time we see his back, it's going to be all gross. Or maybe they'll remove his back entirely, and he'll just be a, a head and a front tummy. Also, his he has like a, a tiny model of the city in his bedroom, and it gets bigger every time we see it. And he's like a he's like a weird dad getting really into model trains. Uh, uh, that guy, Patty Considine, I think is his name. And I've seen him in a few things, and he looks completely different here than he does in any other context. But he also doesn't look like he should be king. He looks like a, he looks like he should be a single dad. <laughs> it's great. I cannot recommend it highly enough. I just don't want to talk about it with you unless you're Becky. Uh, I guess also still really enjoying She-Hulk. Uh, the most recent episode with the like the group therapy was basically the Tick which is all I want out of TV. Uh, uh, rotten internet dudes are still mad about, because I guess it's a show about a lady and it acknowledges that sexism exists and they're still having fits. And it's still so funny that the show seemingly predicted it and made the villains guys who complain on the internet about She-Hulk. It's really good. Uh, I don't even mind that they keep teasing Daredevil and seven episodes in, all we've seen is his his uh, his hat. 
I mean, it, it's more of a, a mask slash helmet, but it's funny to call those things hats. Uh, so I think it's great. Um, that's I would love to see She-Hulk do another season and uh, definitely turn up in a movie. I'm hoping all these TV characters get to get to show up in a movie sooner or later. Like, I guess there's the next big crossover is a couple years away. But uh, She-Hulk and Moon Knight and Ms. Marvel and uh, 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 I'm drawing a blank. Maybe those are the only new characters who've been introduced. Oh, Kate Bishop Hawkeye. Put her in there too. Everybody. Bring him in. Which, uh, actually, that's a a, uh, a Marvel thing. And I'm going to talk about Avengers Endgame later because that's where we are in the franchise report. But uh, they were going to do the a, a Armor Wars show, which would be about uh, uh, Don Cheadle's character, Rhodey, slash War Machine, like trying to round up uh, Stark tech that villains were using. And it was going to be a Disney Plus series, and they announced this week that instead it'll be a movie. Uh, and I think they've been pretty good about choosing what format things need to be in, so I trust them on that. But the, the thing that's interesting is if that, when that happens, because the next two years they've got four movies apiece, if you count Deadpool, which I don't think will be in continuity, but they're still they're still treating it like it is. Uh, and then uh, 2025 is uh, two Avengers movies, uh, one of which people think is going to be a continuity reboot. But, so this wouldn't be out until after, theoretically after the continuity reboot. And to me, that seems like they're probably not rebooting anything if Don Cheadle is still War Machine and the story is about... Uh, a world after Tony Stark has died because you'd think that would if they're resetting to do to recast and make everybody younger they're not going to have 60 he will be 60 years old at the time it comes out 60 year old Don Cheadle as the the lead of their first uh first post Secret Wars movie so I no longer think there's going to be a reboot which makes me happy because I don't think that'll work and I think I think people who aren't comic fans have too much self-respect to uh, to put up with a continuity reboot and the, so they could go, hey, we can introduce the Guardians of the Galaxy again. Nope, you did that. We liked it. Do something different. Uh, that, that's just where I stand on that. Uh, oh, another thing I was thinking about She-Hulk, and I haven't heard anybody say this, and I kind of haven't followed the discourse on this either because I'm really punching out from fandom of all stripes but so she breaks the fourth wall occasionally which I think is funny and they do a good job and in theory that's because she had a series in the late 80s where uh, uh, John Byrne had her do that sometimes and uh, it didn't really stick and uh, you know it's much more of a Deadpool thing and it's it was actually very distracting when somebody who's like established and part of the the like central marvel universe knows she's a fictional character and uh also john Byrne is not funny so it didn't really work and it seems it seems like a weird brief era to call back uh in a tv show that so many more people will watch than have ever read a she-hulk comic but uh i realize why it works and i think it's more because of fleabag which 
handles it in pretty much the same way. Uh, in fact, uh, at one point, Hulk notices that she's talking to the camera, much like Hot Priest, uh, not to imply incest. Um, so yeah, I think that I think it works in She-Hulk because Fleabag set the precedent, and uh, I guess you know people are also comfortable with Deadpool, but uh, we've there's a way you can take a story seriously and still have a character occasionally look at the camera and go, can you believe this shit? Uh, but She-Hulk's good. I was going to do some recommendations, but I have not seen a movie since Confess Fletch. And I'm still playing Saints Row. Really taking my time to get all the sweet, sweet content out. But there's a new Batman game coming in like three weeks, so i got to pick up the pace. Um, also, as noted before... Uh, people are mad at the new saints row every time the the studio posts something on social media it's all just people demanding their money back and i don't know what they were expecting because what we have is super fun uh i ran into my first glitch uh well into the game and it was just that the timer didn't appear on a, a timed mission which just meant if i you know if time ran out then i just had to do it faster next time it was a little bit of a pain in the ass to not uh, have any gauge of how how uh, close I was. But, you know, it was an optional mission, and I managed to finish it. And cool, the next one did have the timer working, so I'm certainly not going to threaten anybody online over it. I don't know, man. Nerds suck. It's a bummer. Uh, I kind of wish I liked uh, sports and you know, uh, uh, like Tom Clancy stuff. And yet, here I am, surrounded by people I loathe. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to, let me, I'm going to get to the franchise report. There's a couple of big ones. I only did one Marvel movie this time, even though it was two weeks, uh, partly for time reasons, partly for thematic reasons, because it was Avengers Endgame, which... Man, that's the big one. That's the big one that wraps up 11 years of movies. Uh, and I don't know what to say that hasn't been said, but here's the thing. It still works. It is a fun movie to watch. It is long, but it is... All the way through, they pretty much make the most interesting choice they could. Like, uh, you know, right away, they go at, they go after Thanos... They find out there are no gems and they kill him. And then five years pass. You know, that's that's not what anybody expected happening. Nobody expected them to live five years in a universe that was half empty. Uh, and then the time travel thing is... Uh, that's... There was a... I mean, this is is partly based on a, on a comic called The Infinity Gauntlet, which I didn't finish reading because I didn't like it that much. Uh, and also it's got stuff with uh, comic Thanos is is in love with death, like the embodiment of death. He wishes to romance death who is personified into a skeleton. But somehow that skeleton still has boobs. So you can tell it's a lady because comics. Uh, but I, I didn't. And a lot of people say say it's amazing. I don't like it and I've never finished it. But I think it I think like when he snapped away half the universe, uh, uh, like a bunch of souls went into one of the gems or something. This certainly didn't 
they didn't pass five years and then have to time travel <laughs> to grab the gems out of the time stream. Like, just, it's a lot of interesting choices for what to do, and then you get these big payoff moments that land really well, like Captain America picking up Thor's hammer. Now you know it's going to happen, and it's still awesome. And it feels, it's, you know, I've been watching one a week for 20, 20 some weeks now, and it really feels like a good payoff. And then the way when everybody comes back and like everybody sort of gets their moment. So whoever your favorite character is, you get you get to cheer. And just like being in the theater when that happened and the Doctor Strange portals start opening up. It was like one of the most positive theater going experiences I've ever had because it was exciting and everybody around you is losing their mind. And every time more characters pop up, people are freaking out. It was, it was so, I, I don't know that I'll ever have an experience like that in a movie theater again. Um, it, it's, uh, you know, it, it's good. There's a lot of good choices. There's, uh, uh, Ant-Man is properly centered, which is a thing that I really, you know, Ant-Man's my favorite. Uh, and they, they don't, they don't let him get big until the third act, which by that time, you are so ready for Ant-Man to get big. And he gets so big. Uh, you know, he's punching the space whales from Avengers. It's great. Uh, and I think when they, like, when they pass the gauntlet off to try to get it to the, to, to Ant-Man, it, it's really smart the way it's kind of, it's a relay from uh, uh, Black Panther to Spider-Man to Captain Marvel, because those are sort of the three characters who were recently introduced to the movies that really popped like and it was a risk on Captain Marvel because they hadn't even finished the movie when they were shooting Endgame and they didn't know what the reaction would be and yeah the same dudes who were mad at She-Hulk didn't like Captain Marvel but it was a giant hit uh, and people really because Brie Larson's lovable even if uh, they clearly didn't know how she was written in cap in her own movie, so she's a little bit of a blank slate here. But she's still fun. the The bits they give her are good. Um, my one complaint is you don't get to see much of Drax in the final battle, and he actually wanted revenge on Thanos for his family. But like, unless you ha unless Drax is the one who kills him you sort of have to ignore that because then otherwise the big triumphant battle has has Drax failing, which is not that fun. And every time you see him, he's always riding on the back of a big guy, stabbing him very fast. And, uh, you know, every time you see Drax, I laugh. It's great. Uh, it is, it, it, it's honestly, it's really amazing what they did. And they got like regular people who are never going to read an Iron Man comic in their lives to to care. And dang man, that movie that movie works. That's I, I unironically, I really love it. I had a great time watching it. Again, that's uh, what I went back to during quarantine a few times. Just cuz I there's so much triumph in it. Uh Yeah, and the, oh man, the scenes right up front with, with uh, Tony Stark and Nebula 
like adrift on this ship alone and he's like teaching her how to play paper football and she wins something for the first time like in the first three minutes of that movie Karen Gillan just kills it like way harder than she needed to and yeah every you know what people brought their A game uh, I do have some here's a, a I think this came up when I talked about Doctor Strange is the way the ancient one talks about time is very much in conflict with what we saw in Loki because she's very concerned with not messing with the time stream and creating an alternate timeline but uh and in Loki, we saw that happens all the time, and the TVA just gets rid of it. But my thinking is either the Ancient One doesn't know that because that's sort of beyond their realm. Or, and this is the theory I like now because she even, she has a line that, that might imply this. is uh, So if the timeline branches because of a change someone made, what if you're in the branch that gets pruned? Like, you know, it's not so much a threat to regular people that the timeline branches. It is if Owen Wilson and friends show up and decide, oh, we have to prune this branch and suddenly you don't exist anymore. Like, that's, that's what she doesn't want to happen is the timeline that she knows to be wiped out. So it kind of works. Uh, there's also, it's, it's hard to reconcile uh, Captain America staying in the past. Uh, Partly because the writers did not believe that he ended up with with Peggy, and the directors did. Uh, because you know they make sure to show her in that sort of dance scene, whereas in the script he doesn't want to say anything about her, and the writers acknowledged that was because it wasn't Peggy, and they didn't have to reveal who it was or to leave that open. Because I think it was established she married somebody and had kids. And it just, basically him staying in the past alters the past. And he ended up with somebody who was not with him previously. Uh, but you know what? Let him have the win, right? Just let the man enjoy himself. But be, what I can't get past is like you'd think he'd still spend the, you know, however far he, far he went back he'd still spend the rest of those decades trying to make the world better. Like, uh, uh, September 11 doesn't happen if even old man Captain America is in New York and knows what date it is. Uh, I guess probably he couldn't stop it from New York, but you know what I mean. He knows when it's cut. He, which begs the question, did 9-11 happen in the Marvel Universe? Uh, we know what happened in the comics because there's a terrible Spider-Man issue about it. But, uh, uh, you know, man, I don't want to go down this dark path, but, uh, like, w was there a World Trade Center in the Marvel Universe? I submit that there was not. Uh, so 9-11 never happened because, uh, uh, God, look, this can't go anywhere good. I'm going to bail. But it's still what I believe. So Endgame? Yeah. Uh, next time, it'll definitely be Spider-Man Far From Home and possibly also Black Widow if I get two in. Uh, then in the Bond movies, holy smokes, guys, we hit the Daniel Craig era. Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace. Uh, first off, 
this is they've always sort of pretended that uh, all of the Bond movies before this were in the same continuity like uh, every Bond except Pierce Brosnan references Tracy from On Her Majesty's Secret Service uh, and uh, Daniel Craig it's very explicitly not the same he can't be the same Bond and not in the well it's just a co James Bond is just a code name for a variety of agents it has to be a different timeline I have said timeline so many times uh, because in uh, Judy Dench's M is there when he first becomes an agent whereas in GoldenEye Bond was an established agent and she was the new M they can't each have been a veteran on the other's first day. Uh, and having Judy Dench carry over from Pierce Brosnan to Daniel Craig complicates that significantly. But she's real good. So why, why wouldn't you keep her around for a couple more movies? Uh, so, but this is... And we see it already in Quantum of Solace, but it becomes a real thing. Is there? There's continuity for the first time. Like... Usually, other than a couple of details carrying over, Bond is always kind of reset. And now he's a guy who's sort of like haunted by mistakes he's made or people who, you know, people he killed or people he couldn't save, which they sort of played with with Brosnan, but didn't really get the room to embrace it. And so they're, they're actually telling a continuing story about Bond, which had not been done before. Uh, and, and over the weeks, we'll see how well it works. Uh, spoiler, very. Uh, but here's the thing. Casino Royale is just about perfect. It is so good. I forgot how good it is. It actually benefits from watching it, uh, oh God, 17 years later? 16 years later? Jesus. Wow, I'm old. Uh, because some of it is very much kind of catching a wave of what action movies were doing at the time. Like there's a little bit of the Bourne style shaky cam and there's a parkour scene, which was in 2006 was in every action movie. And with that stuff not being dominant, it, it works better here because it's not, Oh yeah, I saw four parkour scenes in the last month and a half. And, and even that is still done. I really like the way they handle it. It's when he's chasing the guy through the construction site and like, cause the one guy's super nimble and he's just actually a parkour guy who they cast. And, uh, Bond is not that agile, but he's extremely athletic and strong. So this whole, and it's a long scene. They always have different ways of getting from point A to point B. The guy will do one thing and Bond chasing him will do a different thing and get to the same point eventually. Uh, and it, I, it's really clever. It's really fun to watch. Uh, so much stuff happens before they even get to the, the poker tournament that kind of forms the basis of the plot. Like there's a couple just killer action scenes before you even get to the fireworks factory. Um, and I had forgotten how, uh, spoily, I guess, uh, how thoroughly Vesper betrays him. 
and it's not even clear at the end whether anything was real because in the in the later Craig movies she's like she is still mourned and the movie really leaves it kind of uh, up to your interpretation exactly how much she was working him the whole time um, and here's the thing Quantum of Solace which I did not like when I saw it the first time and I have not rewatched uh, and it's got its issues part of it was they were filming it during the writer's strike so they or they, they started pre-strike and then the strike hit and they couldn't have a writer on set so you know if there's story problems or rewrites it was the director and Daniel Craig uh, working it through and uh uh, there's a little bit of sloppiness, but it works like there's so many great sequences and it is for the first time in, in the Bond franchise, it is a direct sequel to Casino Royale. Like characters from that movie are back. Their stories are continued here, which is a little jarring. And also uh, they make no attempt to remind you of who these characters are. So if you just watch them in the theaters, and this is two years later, you don't remember who Mathis is or Mr. Green. Uh, and there is no exposition whatsoever. Uh, but if you watch it one week later, like I did, holy smokes, does it work? Uh, the the uh, uh, the big God, there's a the the big set piece at the end is sort of the that complex in the desert that seems to be a hotel holy smokes it's real good um yeah quantum of solace it does not work on its own it does not stand alone at all but in concert with casino royale holy smokes it's great I had a great time uh also some some fun guest appear like when uh when casino royale came out we didn't know who Mads Mikkelsen was. And now he's Hannibal Lecter and he's uh, uh, Kaiselis from Doctor Strange. He's tremendous and he's so good in this. And uh, uh, Casino Royale. David Harbour is in it for a second. He's, uh, he's the other CIA guy. And he's... It's fun because he's, he's younger and he's wearing... He doesn't have his beard. He has a big mustache and he has glasses. And it has been sort of a thing. A lady said, told me that I looked like Hopper from Stranger Things. And now two other people have said something similar. And obviously it's much more on brand if they to were to tell me I look like Black Widow's dad. And, and uh, they didn't do that. But, you know, I'll take it. It's the first time I've been compared to a celebrity who wasn't known for being ugly. Um, but when he's younger and it has his full head of hair and glasses it's like oh damn it he does I do kind of look like him <laughs> um so that was that was very fun um I guess it's kind of uh uh through both of these movies there's no cue we don't meet him for another movie yet um and I'm, I'm just trying to get the website up because there are a couple other small roles that uh, uh, Stanakadic is a 
is the villain's like assistant uh and she is kind of a big scene towards the end she was on castle for for forever she's been on a bunch of shows i actually really like her but she's mostly on things i don't watch oh and uh, uh una chaplin from game of thrones she was uh uh rob stark's wife who kind of kicked off the red wedding she's uh charlie chaplin's granddaughter uh she has a a a smallish role in it and it was cool to see her too and it's weird that i <laughs> that i could place her from the role in game of thrones where she died nine years ago um but yeah, Quantum of Solace is one that has benefited the most from the rewatch, in my estimation. Uh, uh, Die Another Day, uh, Live and Let Die also got big bounces from me uh, on second watches. Uh, uh, this one, especially, it's, yeah, don't watch it by itself. It's If you're going to pop in a Bond movie, don't say, oh, it'll be Quantum of Solace. But if you have time for a double feature, man, that's satisfying. Uh, next week it'll be oh Skyfall that's one of my favorites oh also I should note uh, uh, Casino Royale is directed by Martin Campbell who also directed GoldenEye so he directed my two favorite Bond movies uh, and he directed at least one other Pierce Brosnan movie uh, I think he did two I think he did The Matador and The Foreigner and I think I'm going to watch those after the Bond series because I do love Pierce Brosnan and those are fun follow-ups that are sort of in the same genre. Uh, boy, this ran long. I really got excited about Casino Royale. Uh, next week, provided the scheduled recording session happens when it's supposed to, we are going to be watching and talking about Frisky Dingo, uh, which is on HBO Max. So check that out. You will like it. Uh, and if that falls through, uh, it'll be American Vandal on Netflix. So uh, those will be the next two. Get, get yourself ready. Uh, and also remember to check out our great sponsor, TeasedBySummer.com. Uh, great t-shirts, great uh, uh, mugs. Just, it's all my favorite stuff. Uh, it's getting cold, so I can't wear them quite as uh, uh, consistently as I could because it's getting very chilly around here. But, uh, you know, slap on a long sleeve shirt over a T-shirt. I got a couple months of, uh, of, of flashing those tees by summer designs. And, of course, all of the mugs and the water bottle are on my desk at work. And I have duplicates of some of them at home to drink from. Uh, just, just, it, it's so good. And it's so, the quality is so good. The mugs, like the printing is beautiful. Uh, the t-shirts look amazing and they hold up to a, to washing way better than, uh, like a Teespring or a tea public shirt will. Uh, you don't have to, you get a shirt from those, you sort of know it's going to get washed twice and the design's going to start to come off and it'll shrink and, uh, this is so much higher quality. Uh, it's just great. Just, just, just buy something, man. I, I don't know why you won't listen to me. Maybe you have listened to me and have bought something, in which case, uh, 
hey, we're friends now. Uh, so that's Teased by Summer. Thank you for sponsor sponsoring our show and being generally awesome. Uh, you can email us at... Uh, uh, damn it, I was going to say teasedbysummer at yahoo.com. That's, that's not an email address. You can reach me at uh, fedtalks at yahoo.com. I'm on Twitter at EJ Fettis, and I'm on uh, uh, Instagram at EJ underscore Fettis. Uh, oh, the, the, the Frisky Dingo podcast for next week. We are planning to record it in person and on video, so it may hit my, my guest's YouTube channel uh, before it comes out as a podcast, because if there's one thing that a, that, two middle-aged men talking about an adult swim show from 16 years ago need it's a visual element uh but i will if that happens i will put that on my social media and then release the audio next week uh so follow me and check that out so you'll know when it's coming uh and that's it thanks i talked way too long uh we got some fun episodes coming up i've recorded some of these guest ones they're good you'll like them uh, you'll learn about good shows. Thanks a lot. Bye. Fed Talks is a Faux Boys production. Wah, 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 wah.